Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Starr, a 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Austin Ender out, one to throw. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. We are still missing Brandon. Yes, we tried to delay this podcast as much as possible on accident, and we still can't get him. But reluctantly, joining us, producer Seth, you can block him on Twitter. A lot of you that came by and said hi on Friday have already blocked him. He's at Save Top 5. It's S-E-T-A-H-5. If you haven't done it, do it now. I'll stop. Okay. If you hate, <laughs> <laughs> if you hated my tweets Friday night, you're going to hate me even more tonight. Here we oh, go. Okay. Round two, tonight. baby. Why tonight? Oh, just your, more your of the talking. Same. Gotcha. 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 No, your tweets are great. I was at the game and like, you know how it kind of in and out on signal some of the time. And so obviously I wasn't getting all of the notifications, but the ones I were, was getting, I was like, oh, that's good. And then of course I couldn't stop from chiming in. So um, do I apologize? Probably. Okay. I mean, we are the OEO podcast. So sorry, Crimson cast. Um, that was me. not seth so um i was a little heated love each other we are all friends so um either way yeah we're talking to you guys after a victory man it's been a long time seth uh western kentucky last year the last time we got to do a fun post-game podcast and i'm not even sure it was fun there i feel like we were uh very tight butthole um Oh, oh yeah that was survivor series for sure yes uh, but this time also very, very pucker time, but it ends up in a good way. And I feel good about the victory. I saw a lot of good things. Um, and we'll talk about him here. We're talking about the game. IU 23, Illinois 20, the home opener, the season opener, the big 10 opener, IU one and O in the conference one and O in regular season play top of the East side of the division. We are running away with it. Um, tied with Penn State as the only other Eastern Division team wow. to play a conference game. So lock it up. Um, Hang the banner. That's right. So uh, here's what we do for you guys that haven't listened or for people that um, suffered through last year when we pretty much just went <laughs> off of the rails at some point. Um, so we go over what went right, what went wrong, and we do a stock section. Stock up, stock down. This does not mean that we hate the players or hate the coach or whoever we talk about. It just means during that game, their stock went up or it went down. Um, and then we'll do the normal stuff. We'll revisit the predictions. We'll do, you know, we'll, we'll dig into Seth's sack. We don't have any randos today. And then we'll do final statements and then we'll move on. So, um, okay, we'll get right into it again. We're going over the victory over the Illini, IU 23, Illinois 20, and a thriller uh a four hour marathon that came down to the last two minutes. Um, Seth, I didn't get the, I would say it was a pleasure 
But when I tried to rewatch it on Sunday, it was far from a pleasure for sure. But I, I'm going strictly off of highlights and watching it live. So help me through this. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no let's, let's start with what went right. I'm going to start. And man, uh, my brother pointed this out. I'm, I'm, I'm calling it clutch because there's a couple different things here. Defensive forcing four turnovers, two for two on fourth down attempts by the Illini. Um, shut them down both times, including a huge stop on fourth and two from the two yard line. Um, that really was the big difference that, and a couple other big plays that they made Josh Sanguinetti. I'm telling you it happened right in front of me. It was not a touchdown. I don't care what they say on TV. The ball was juggling the whole time. It was right in front of me. I threw up the incomplete pass right there in the stands. That was it. Ref turned around and said, Nope, he's right. Incomplete pass. Not going to, not going to keep it as a touchdown. So, um, so I have texts that show otherwise, That's but I'll, I'll let I'll let you get your version of the truth out there. Listen, listen, they reviewed it <laughs> and they still couldn't overturn it. So in my opinion, it's an incomplete pass and it is. Um, okay. in the offense, man, the first half offense I, for me, again, I'm going strictly live looking at stats a little bit every now and then was I very impressed. And uh, the last drive of the game, clearly 70 yards, all of the second half. 75 yards on the last drive of the game. I mean, that's as clutch as it gets. And uh, I think it had a lot to do with the guy behind center. So, um, or a lot to do with my boy, Walt Bell. The stash is refreshing. My goodness, it was nice to see grown-up football plays called. Good pass scheme. Um, fast tempo did they that they altered that quite a bit right they kind of alternated fast and, and slow yeah they had kind of a medium and a fast tempo that they were alternating between they definitely didn't go slow at any point it was nice to see that they were changing the pace i don't know if the fatigue ever kicked in because it looked like illinois defense wasn't really struggling as much but um it was definitely enough to you know provide a variable in there yeah the last drive of the game i have rewatched on tv probably four times i think um that was that was fantastic play i mean being there in the stadium usually you get this like real nervous like amped energy for some reason i was real calm like it it seemed like connor was real calm the team was pretty calm like no usually we've seen a lot of mistakes made by previous iu teams um you know false starts holding penalties wrong routes bobbled balls any anything along there but he targeted two people the entire time down the field um outside of one throwaway pass i think to barner um where he got like sandwiched between both defensive ends um but man dj matthews was huge on that play but back to back to walt bell i mean just to see tempo again was very refreshing and even yeah now that you're you kind of are sparking it back in my head a little bit of that kind of Kevin Wilson, Kalen DeBoer, like run up to the line and then slap hands and then turn around and look for the play call kind of thing was nice to see too. Yeah, sometimes they go, sometimes they they reevaluate. So it always has to keep them honest. They have to get the subs in quickly. It just makes it be a much more quick decision uh, defense and that sometimes will put teams in a bind. Did they show Walt on TV at all? I never saw him once. Okay, They talked about him. Um, I know at the end of the game, uh, Tim Brando, is that right? He was, he was a good call on the, on the game. I liked listening to that when I did rewatch the, those parts, but 
uh, Tim Brando did talk about him coming into the press box or co- after the game and shaking his hand, shaking his saying, hand. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, the only reason I ask is I watched some of that Oregon game. Um, I'm sorry, the Georgia game where Oregon was there. <laughs> uh, and I was watching their offensive coordinator just constantly talking to Bo Nix, like as he's up at the line doing different things. I wonder if that's not what, what Walt does if they don't do the same thing. So um, anything else you want to add to what went right? Uh, before we move on to the what went wrong, which believe it or not, I have more of that. No, I think you hit the hammer on the head so far. Okay. What went wrong, um, Seth? And I don't know if it experienced okay. as well through TV. You want to start on this one? Yeah. The I I think I had four different complaints about the refs. That it was it was pretty up and down. You expect the play from the offense and the defense to be sloppy, but you you know, you expect the uh, the officiating to be in midseason form, and it was uh, I don't know. The Big Ten's always a little shady when it comes to refing, and it was it was just inconsistent. I think was the was the biggest issue. It was sometimes so it benefited, weird. sometimes it was yeah. yeah. It just it was, was yeah all over the place to keep You're cutting good. you off. But yeah, it was so weird. Like half the time, the stadium had no idea what the call was. Usually oh. you get the you get the pre thing to the coach like, hey, we've got holding over here. Just going to let you know. None of that. I'm watching the guy walk around in the in the white hat and he's he's not doing any of that. They're just moving the ball different places. The only reason I think on two of the four fumbles that they had to review. Um, the only reason I knew we even got the ball is because we literally took the defense off of the field and put the offense on the field. Yeah, the announcers kept saying, I think he's turning it off on accident instead of turning it on. Like there was other times we could hear him crystal clear and then he would go to actually say the announcement. Nothing. Not so weird. <laughs> yeah. The Big Ten did just fire their commissioner of referees, I think, on Thursday, I think, Thursday or Friday. So I oh, I mean it so could... right between the Purdue loss and the IU win collusion. Yeah. Oh yeah, collusion. conspiracy. Yeah, yeah. So they just put a bunch of amateurs out there, and that's that's what made IU win the game. No. Uh, but yeah, the reviews were like, it seemed super long. I mean, the game the, the weirdest one was hours. when Illinois had what fourteen players on the field, and yes. it was clearly a substitution infraction. Okay, let me explain it because I don't know if they explained it on TV. I had to explain it to the people around. They have to give him time to yes. make a substitution, but, but you also can't let he move. He he, he gave moved. he gave them the football, set yeah, it down. Look right will at Connor. stand between yep. between the center and the, the quarterback. So whoever you can't... the numbers, whoever C is the letter yep. C, that guy, captain, captain yeah. ref. Yeah. And he'll and he'll prevent the ball from being snapped. And then when he clears out, he does this kind of hand wave like, all right, we're, we're good to go because they know that the tempo is coming. So there's like, here you go. We're clear. Feel free to snap the ball. He does that. And the three Illini guys are still on the field. Yeah. And the, the funny part was, okay, so usually the side judge calls that, right? The guy's standing on that sideline. Right. The Who's back, counting counting all the players on, on each side of the ball. Yep. The back judge is the one that threw the flag. The dude in the very back corner in the end base, I think where we were on the, on the field, he was standing about the goal line. He's the one that threw the flag, not the side judge where the guys are running off the field right in front of him. I thought that was weird. So either way, it didn't matter. It didn't cost us anything, but it was a, it was crazy confusion in the stadium. I don't know what it was like on TV. If Brando had a hold of it or um, the not sure who the color commentator was, but um, also very good. So um, 
another one of the what went wrong i thought the rushing offense was very disappointing i mean you can go through the stats 26 carries 32 yards i mean a massive touchdown but for for sean shivers 28 yards on the ground on 15 carries um along of five yards how much of it is on him how much of it is on him including the first play of the game on offense and how much of it is just poor offensive line play yeah i thought after the first play i thought he was literally going to be a one play transfer that he uh, that was devastating it was bad yeah i had my Um, head in my hands my wife was like i didn't know that like i saw him collapse and when i saw him go down i was like dude this so so to come back and get what 15 more touches 16 more touches after that is pretty impressive touches i I think right yeah i'm not gonna lie so yeah yeah so it's not a so his bounce back ability certainly was great um is i mean but the thing is henderson didn't do anything either what was he six for seven six for seven yep so it's not like there was somebody else getting in there um you know i I don't know man it's a tough situation to be in um they were ineffective and the stats bear that out. Um, they definitely were better in pass blocking, mm-hmm. uh, but the run blocking, which I, th- I thought would be vice versa. I thought they'd be, you know, usually week one, you've been implementing the run game pretty effectively. So the, the, the run blocking is pretty good. And, you know, some of the blitz picks up in the, in the past game may struggle, but it was really the, uh, yeah, the offensive line wasn't really creating any holes. So it's not like, Oh, the vision wasn't, you know, wasn't there. It was, no holes was a bad play calling offensively. I don't know whatever the blame is, but um, but it's certain that the stats didn't bear out a uh, a great outcome there. I can tell you it's not bad play calling. It's not. It can't be. So um, I, maybe Illinois' defense is just really good. I mean, we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, we'll, we'll see as the season goes on. We'll see. Um, and then the last one, and I hate to do this, uh, but the crowd was was great until halftime, which is weird when you're winning 16 to 10 at halftime and half of the West stand completely clears out was weird to see. Um, and of course, that is the side where all the TV cameras are facing the whole East side, the alumni side of the of the field stayed full it was it was as full as it was at the beginning of the game it was good the whole time so uh, i mean it's great to see the students showed up um just uh, just stick it out but is it you know i wrote it in the outline i mean is it uh, a super super long kind of boring game in a lot of parts uh it's a friday night on a holiday weekend um you know i don't know you have any input on maybe what's causing the crowd Thing. You know who I don't understand at all anymore? Who's that? Um, teenagers and kids in their like early twenties, youths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I'm a you know an expert on that by any means, but yeah, I think you definitely have to stick it out. And it's not like it's not like those other games where like oh we're down by fifteen or down by twenty. You can understand somebody, you know, finding the parking lot a little bit more fun than the uh, than the stadium, but. It was a competitive game. You guys were in the lead. Um, I don't want to say it was super exciting, but there was at least enough action to keep you entertained. Yeah, four takeaways. Uh, I mean, that's that's good enough, right? Yeah. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, even me, like maybe it was a Friday thing. Um, you know, a lot of people did come out. It was a late tailgate arrival. I would say we didn't see a lot of action until closer to, to five, six o'clock. Um, maybe that had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, most of the people that do come, I would say most probably Seth probably come from up here around Indy, around the metropolitan area, whether it's an any side around Indianapolis, but that's still decent drive back home and, um, you know, all that stuff. So let's just do better. Let's try to do better. Um, I'm not asking for a sold out crowd against Idaho. I think that that's a kind of a tough ask, but last year was pretty decent. Um, and then yeah. Western Kentucky, if you can well, get through it for those this. games, you want them to leave at halftime because the score is 35 to three and there's no yeah. point in sticking around. That's fine. That's totally fine. Uh, I don't care if it looks like UCLA stadium. Oh, that was bad. That was really bad. I think we could count how many people were in that stadium with our with our hands. Like, yeah, that was bad. If you guys haven't seen that, Google like UCLA Bowling Green uh, Stadium attendance there's or a, something. There's a Twitter handle that's like empty seats galore or something like that. Find them. They paste they uh, post hilarious pictures of uh, empty stadiums. Yeah, it's really bad. But I. Again, I don't want to tell people how to spend their money. I don't want to tell people how to spend their time. I just but if thought, they spend their money, spend the full time. Yeah. Come and on. It, you guys want to see a winning program and a winning team. And um, I mean, that's as winning as it gets. I don't care where Illinois finishes. If they're four, five, six wins, it's a big 10 win. It's a season opener. It's a night game. What more could you ask for? So, all right, let's move on. Um Let's go stock up. Now, last year we went right from what went wrong to stock down quite a bit. <laughs> um, so let's go into stock up. I, I gave a couple different um, options. Seth is cheating off of my outline just to pull the curtain back so everybody can see. Um, I will start. Did I really do what I just thought I did? Yeah, did I put, you did. Okay. Um, we'll start here. I'm going to take, uh, well, there's a lot of picks that you can take on offense. I'm going to take the new guy. I'm going to take Cam Camper in his debut, 11 catches, 156 yards. He looks like a monster when he's out there. He is huge compared to everybody else. And Witherspoon's pretty big, right? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let me get his stats real quick. This is number 31 for you, those of you that were following at home. This guy has a bigger mouth than he does anything else. He's 6'1", 180. Camper Camper's six two two oh two and and it, he dwarfed him, dwarfed him. It was crazy. And all Witherspoon did was talk a bunch of crap whenever Basil act like left one short, and then the very next play, Camper would burn him. So, um, met his dad, met Cam Camper's dad in uh, the beer line at halftime. Bought him a brew. Uh, talked to him a little bit. I told him not to go to the Ohio State game after he told me he was going to the Ohio State game, not because of I don't think we're gonna win, but just because they're just awful people to be In, inside tip. If any of you see Bragg at the beer line, tell him you're related to an IU football player. Or just tell me listen past. to the podcast and I'll probably buy you a drink. So <laughs> no big deal. But uh, yeah, I bought him, bought him a drink. Yes, it was a good time. Nice guy. Real, real nice guy. You know, obviously they're from Texas. So um, yeah. Who do you got? Who's the other one for, for you? 
Stock so up offense. there's only three to go through for the offense. You name the obvious one. Um, I'm going to name his, uh, his compatriot DJ Matthews was, was fantastic. Um, he really only had what two or three drives where he was producing, but in those three, he was quite effective. Uh, that touchdown pass, which was, I think the one that kind of took the top off. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a deep post. Um, Connor just put it right in his hands. It, you couldn't have handed it off any better. And he just, you know, what I say, gracefully glided into the end zone. It was a, yeah, uh, a gorgeous pass. It, it was just, that's the stuff that you, uh, you dream of uh, when you're, you know, thinking about the day before the game, and you're envisioning how the game's going to go. That's, that's just how you draw it up. Um, so he was very effective and, and clutch uh, in the late drive as well. So yeah. um, definitely have to shout him out. And, you know, the third guy I'll let you talk about, but um those were the three you know that i think were obviously the most effective yeah that touchdown pass was one of those it was a really good one i'm not sure you could catch it maybe you could catch it on tv i'll have to go back and watch it um it was one of those where i was watching baz and but out of the corner of my eye i just saw this streak wide open and you can hear everybody at the same time all going (sighs) just like like he's got him, he's got him, he's got him, and then just bang, and it was that, over. The backside safety, he went parallel instead of deep, mm-hmm. and as soon as he did that, it was there was no chance. Yeah, um, and the passing game was, I mean, the stats are okay, but oh, and just by the man, way, so good he's back too. Like he so he was he looks so good too. Yeah, um, I I would love to see him out. I didn't see a whole lot of shifting, um. But his burst is is back. His burst is definitely still there. The guy tossing the ball around, he's a, he's a guy, a new guy. Uh, Connor Basilak, Basilak, whatever you want to call him, tomato, tomato, 28 of 52 on his debut, 330 yards passing, uh, one touchdown, one interception. That wasn't his fault. Um, and, man, that was a, a heck of a debut. I felt calm with him with the ball. Even with Penix, um, especially towards, I would say, I mean, really during the, the every pass last year, um, you you got that antsy feeling, oh, what's he going to do? Where is it going? Is it going deep? What's he going to do? With Connor, he, I don't know if it's the the baggy long sleeve shirt. I don't know what it is. You just feel comfortable with him back there. He just feels under control. Um, again, the interception hit. Uh, Anderson Kobe right in the hands, uh, unfortunately, and it you know bobbled up and, and they got an easy pick off of that one. But other than that, that's really the only blemish. A couple, you know, long balls that he missed. I know he missed, uh, I think it was Kobe, right? He missed Kobe on a, a skinny post in the middle of the field that he would have walked into the end zone. Um, but uh, other than that, I, I he's he's the starter. I mean, that guy just we'll see what he does next. Next week, I think it'll be fine, but. Um, even against Western Kentucky, we'll see if he brings the same kind of poise and um, and energy too. So, uh, anything else you yeah, want to add think, on Baz before we move on? Yeah, I think the thing you got to look at here just uh, don't want to be negative, but the twenty four incompletions, I'd say probably about a half dozen of those were probably throwaways. Um, he had some inconsistencies on the deep out and the mm-hmm. flag, the the, the corner routes. Mm-hmm. Um, he had Bamba once that was that was. Not, oh, a, yeah, the not a very good uh, yeah. corner uh, corner throw, um, but he hit the throws that he needed to hit. He hit enough of them. I would just like you think against this little lesser competition these next couple of weeks, you know, get that completion percentage up over 60 percent, um, you know, closer to 65, ideally. 
And I think that's really, you know, just something you can clean up a little bit. He went nine for nine. No, I'm sorry. Nine for 10 to start the final drive. Oh, no, I can't read. Never mind. Don't listen to me. But either way, he threw one, two, three, three incomplete passes on. I think he was seven of 10 or eight of 11. I don't know. I'm just doing this on the fly. Um, on the final drive, it, it was it was great. As I told you, it, until they got down there, until that like last DJ Matthews, I think kind of the screen that he really broke up the middle um, and got him down inside the 10 or around the 10 yard line. That was like the big one that we were like, okay, we're going to, we're about to do this. It's about to go down. So um, let's flip over to the defensive side. we got a lot to talk about here um, for a team that gave up 200 yards on the ground. I was very impressed by the defense. Um, Seth, I'll, I'll let you start on defense if you want. And uh, there's one incredibly obvious one, but then there are a ton of other guys I want to chat about. Yeah, so I'm going to go with somebody you deemed as an honorable mention, but um, I proclaimed this the No Appear podcast, I think originally almost a year ago. Um, seven tackles, six solos, one TFL. Um, very effective. I think he also had a what, fumble recovery. Fumble recovery and a for- yeah. forced fumble and fumble recovery, right? Or no, it, at least it- a fumble recovery. Yeah. Um, so, you know, very effective in his play. There was a couple times where, he didn't, he didn't have his best effort, but he really rebounded and he finished strong. Um, so I definitely want to make sure shout him out. Uh, very effective play. Yeah, I, I believe it was a forced fumble, too. He was the one that he popped him, dude. He popped Chase Brown. Uh, not as hard as Witherspoon did to Shivers, but he popped him kind of on a screen play. He made a great That's play, right. jumped the That's route. Right. Um, had just enough time to catch the ball and then knock the ball out and, and recover the ball as well. So, um, yeah. And then mine, what I was saying, it was the most obvious one is obviously it's Cam Jones Yeah. and dude, without Micah there, just stealing everybody's show. This guy is good. 12 tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss, one quarterback hurry, one fumble recovery. He was everywhere and just, and I don't know if it's, it's just pure hustle for me. So it's a, it's a, forget the term that I'm looking for, but um, Brandon, Brandon would call it. He's a dog. He's a dog. He's got the dog in. Yeah. But that, that dude's Jersey was a different color at the end of the game. Oh yeah. It, that dude was, I mean, Oh my goodness. He was everywhere and he was hyping up. He was leading. He was calling the plays. He was everywhere. He was great. So yeah, that's my, that's my pick. Um, and, and bounce back through that ankle injury as well, or yeah, whatever that was. Assuming it was a lower leg injury, he got rolled up pretty good. Came back, um, really worked his way back into it. He was in the backfield over and over again. He had some really good run read fills. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is, when he hits you, he thumps. Mm-hmm. There is, it's effective hitting. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> Some other guys real quick, Bradley Jennings Jr. And then we'll run through the, I guess he's technically an honorable mention as well. Bradley Jennings Jr. His debut, six tackles, one sack, one T one and a half TFLs. Aaron Casey. I didn't list him, but Aaron Casey, great, good game for his first like full on start. Um, seven tackles for him. One and a half TFLs. Um, some one guy, two guys really 
that I thought made a huge impact and didn't quite fill the stat sheet. J.H. Tevis, massive, two tackles for loss. One of them was on, I want to say it was a third and goal that's kind yes. of set up the fourth down attempt. Um, or maybe he came through on the fourth down attempt too. I'm not sure, but he was blowing up. It was, the line. It was back to back. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't start moving forward. Um, he was Bo, the best interior lineman you oh, guys easy, had. Easy. Uh, Bo Robbins as well looked really good off the edge. Um, obviously, he's going to stand out on the um, Illinois kind of comeback attempt with 30 or so seconds left with a huge sack. Um, after they had just picked up, I think, 20 yards on the last play. Um, Josh Sanguinetti filling in for a monster who went out with a little bit of an injury. Um, fantastic. I know Brandon hates that I'm going to sit here and talk about him without him here. He was great. Huge knockaway in the end zone, as we talked about a little bit earlier. And then, obviously, Alfred Lance Bryant. Dude, uh, way to show up. I mean, it's been a long time. You've been on the team for a while, but uh, had that forced fumble. Um from the tight end. I want, that was the first fumble recovery uh, that they had to go review for 30 minutes. Um, but yeah, that big plays by them. Um, anybody else you want to add real quick on defense? Obviously Taiwan's not going to be on the stat sheet because they didn't even throw the ball to him. If they did, he knocked it away. It was one time. So Desan um, had six tackles, two DeSan solos, yep. half a TFL. He also was playing special team. So I'm on kick coverage a couple times. You can um, see him, right? Can you see yeah. him on TV? Because when you're there, you can see him. He 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 looks the part. I, I think I said he has a little skinny hips, but mm-hmm, other than mm-hmm. that, he'll he'll grow into that. That's no problem. He's big. Uh, but but he he has the he fits the bill, man. He mm-hmm. he he doesn't <laughs> he does not look intimidated. Um, there you know he got in the face of a couple guys. I liked his aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I yeah that that's really it. Uh, Alfred Bryant was the guy who made me change a tweet mid composition. <laughs> I was writing, Oh my goodness. There he is in coverage. He's allowing that pass to be caught. Oh my God. He just blew that dude up. Caused the <laughs> I was literally like, and, and again, it wasn't anything against Alfred Bryant. I just don't think he's the guy you want to drop into flat coverage or middle curl coverage, but they chose to do that. The pass happened. The catch happened. And then we know the rest of the stories. So I, I'll eat the, the first half of that tweet. And then the second half was great. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that'll erase that pretty quickly. So I just, I thought it was interesting when they were dropping there. He was very effective uh, coming off the edge. So when they dropped him, I was just a little surprised that, you know, was, with the team that wasn't getting a lot of sacks, um, that they were taking one of their, one of their most effective edge rushers, you know, kind of out of the play. Yeah, how was Miles Jackson? I'm just looking at his stats now. He was totally ineffective as far as stats go. Um, noticed him out there a little bit. He's got one tackle on the game. Um, I believe he started on the outside. Didn't really see him play a lot. I don't know if he picked up an injury or what, but um, hopefully we see a little bit more from him as well, too, because I thought the edge looked pretty good. Um, stock down real quick, Seth. Um, I'm gonna, I'm just going to run through these because we, we've – taking a pretty decent amount of time out on this as it is. So, sure. um, and I don't want to spend too much time on the negative because man, what a win. Uh, so stock down real quick on the offense. Obviously it's the offensive line. Um, pretty decent in pass protection, gave up four qu- quarterback hurries though. Um, was that scheme from Illinois? Was it a lot of blitzing? I, I couldn't tell. I'm not sure. 
uh, but they couldn't create a hole large enough to fit a scatterbug running back through. Um, he's not a big dude. He doesn't need to fit through a massive hole or anything. And he couldn't find anywhere to run the ball. So, um, and it stinks to it. We, you know, we got the news, Matt Bedford, ACL tear out for the year. Um, it, Tom Allen sounded pretty shook up about it. Sounds like he'll be back again for another year. So that's good. Um, but I thought, uh, is it, it's Parker, right? Parker Hanna thought he filled in pretty good. Um, didn't notice him. So that's good. Uh, I thought he looks pretty good and looked the part out there as well. Wish he had a different number. 51's a little weird on the end. Um, but it's good to see if we can get him to squeeze in there. He brought up, a a a couple guys in his press conference, Josh sales. Um, and he also brought up, um, Khalil Bryant. So Khalil Bryant's been here since he was, uh, 18, which was 10 years ago. So he's got plenty of experience, um, to fill in wherever they need him. And then Josh sales, a young guy that, um, hopefully will step up if we need him. So, um, anybody you want to add on stock down real quick? Yeah, got to have a third receiving option. The okay. two guys obviously top of the line, but you have to develop a third. If it's Barner, a third receiver, or a running back is effective out of the backfield. So, so you got to develop a third guy. Let me talk Barner, and I wonder if this isn't scheme or if it was just Baz going through first game kind of stuff. Every time they ran, hurry up. And the guy that it, the guy one of the guys they brought was an Illinois guy. The guys that came by, uh, listeners that came by, saw him. Uh, good guy, just and he was saying this stuff the whole time. He goes, every time you guys hurry up, their safety that was on Barner had no idea who he was supposed to be on. And half if they would just line up and snap the ball, Barner could have had 10 catches for 100 yards. Easy. But they just they weren't running that fast enough. I think you'll see that. I also think he'll be a huge mismatch. And I do think that Illinois' secondary is pretty good. Um, he'll be a huge mismatch moving forward. So we'll, um, we'll see with that. So I agree, though. I thought Emory Simmons looked pretty quick um in person i think donovan mccauley will be worked in a little bit more but no i think he was locked in on cam camper he had a great game uh dj matthews obviously huge down the stretch and in a big game breaker too so um i agree and then on defense uh i think these are your boys man i was disappointed demarcus elliott and co like that combo the old guys in the middle um i thought the new guys all showed him up J.H. Tevis, we've already talked about him. Patrick Lucas looked good. He'll mm-hmm. miss transfer. And Dominic James, the, the true freshman from uh, IMG, I thought looked pretty good when he ever, whenever he was in there. You couldn't tell he was a true freshman, which is scary. Uh, big dude. But uh, didn't make any impact at all um, when they were in there. So I'd like to see him step up, but it, it, may, just be, it may just be time to move on. Yeah, I think we saw that last year with Weston Kramer, who mm-hmm. who to place uh who, who you know replaced both of those guys for large snaps. Um, I think we're gonna see that same thing with Tevin, or sorry, with Tevis, Lucas, and James. Yeah. Um, and so again, that might be something that the the answer is already on the roster. So you don't you, you may not have to wait until next year to sort that out. Yeah. Uh real quick, we'll just uh hit a couple things I forgot to hit at the beginning. Uh God, it'd be so cool if he listened, but he probably doesn't. But Don Fisher, 50th year broadcasting and IU Hall of Fame inductee today. Um, so congratulations to Don. And uh, James Head, if you guys didn't catch that day-to-day injury, some of the other guys, Cam Jones is good to go. Um, and then one of the other things we didn't talk about, you brought up Lucas and it just, it just clicked. 
we didn't see Jalen out there like at all, right? Nope, not him or Omar Cooper. Omar Cooper uh, was at least back returning kicks. Right. I, yeah, I was just meeting. Sorry. But, yeah, um, not on the offense. We didn't see Cooper, but if he's going to return kicks, they're not going to they're not going to burn a red shirt on him just returning kicks. I wouldn't, wouldn't expect. Yeah, you wouldn't expect. So, okay. Super quick uh, word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club. MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport. In the Hoosier State, they craft products, tell stories, create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Check out the link in the show notes for more details on their club runs and the shop sick gear from shirts to hoodies to koozies. As a thank you to our listeners, they're offering 10% off your order. Use promo code LEO10 at checkout, leo one zero. Uh, they've got new, what do you, what do you call them? Just tanks. You want to call them running tanks? Singlet just dropped the singlets. That sounds weird. It sounds like a wrestling thing. I saw his post. That's what he called it. I'm pretty oh sure. Gosh, just like a, like a running tank. Brand new ones. They're kind of dope. They're kind of dope. I'm too big, big, like ripped. I'm too like popping out of my shirt right now to wear one of those. So, um, yeah, I can't do it, but now let's back to the show. So Seth, we're going to fight because Dude, uh, i won no I you won. didn't did you I, win no because we both were one off one exactly off. so revisiting predictions we'll talk about the loser first that's brandon clear, um clear clearly loser. last place <laughs> he said that iu was going to win 19 to 13 he wasn't close on either what one an of them idiot i know my god so many more <laughs> points scored in this game um seth who is self-proclaiming self-proclaiming a victory here did have indiana winning 23 Nailed it to 21. Pretty Me on close. the other side, also the also the winner here, the winner of the losers. I had IU scoring 24 and Illinois scoring 20. So combined, Seth and I, you'll get a terrible person and a perfect a score. Pretty accurate score. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there, there we go. There we go. We'll take whatever victories we can get. We got oh, the victory in the game. So now we'll just, we'll just do whatever we can do on the podcast side of it. What's so, what's so smart. Right. Uh, Seth, do you have, we have no Brando's randos. Yep. Um, you know what? Let me, let me ask a couple, ask oh, a couple from a neutral fan. I would say you're a neutral fan. Um, <sighs> You kind of made fun of me a little bit. I think you made fun of me in the group as well a little bit. Illinois defense is it is it good? Are there parts that are good, or is it just individual players that are good? I think they have three stud DBs. They tried to sell on the broadcast that they had some magical inside linebacker who was fantastic. I didn't see it, mm-hmm. um, and their defensive line was kind of meh. But those three DBs, Witherspoon, Martin, and uh, Brown, were fantastic. Um, and you didn't like Witherspoon because he had a big mouth, but he had some big plays too. Um, he let up some big plays too. So I mean, it, it's all a balance. But um, I think they were very effective. I think I said that they're probably a top three or four backfield in the Big Ten, and probably a top twelve nationally. Um, but I think they're going to get put in a lot of bad situations. I don't think they have enough pass rush. I don't think they have effective linebackers and coverage. So I think they're going to get put on an island a lot. Yeah. Um, and, but I think I they think have talent. Yeah. I don't think their offense is going to put them in a very good spot either. Cause I mean, DeVito was fairly effective 21 of 35. He was better than I yards. thought. Yeah. Um, made some plays on it with his feet. Uh, but 
I mean, outside of the running game, Chase Brown ran the ball 36 times. And speaking of better than I thought, Wyoming, uh, yeah. that quarterback was effect was really good against Tulsa. So he, maybe Illinois has got a really, really good defensive backfield. I don't know. I mean, uh, transitive properties, you know, they, they work always. Yeah. It's a proven fact. I mean, what does that mean that that Connor could do against Idaho? Is that 500 <laughs> yards? Oh, by the way, shout out. The second IU uh, debut ever over 300 yards, other than oh, yeah, Antoine right. Randall too. So um i don't this is early so i don't want to get way too far ahead of myself so but there may be something there i don't know um obviously he's not gonna be randall well but totally two different types of players but you know there may be something there maybe something there with bass um that's it okay one more one more from a purdue perspective does does connor does that that what you saw from him Compared to maybe what you thought IU was going to have as a quarterback, whether it's Penix, who who's never played Purdue ever, um, or Tuttle, or whoever else it would have been, what does what does that do to you to see him against a Big Ten team in an opening game throw for three thirty and a touchdown? Uh, the yardage doesn't do much for me. I think the decision-making is the bigger component and uh, I I don't want to harp on this, but I think if he had a higher completion percentage, put a little bit more fear into me, I definitely think it's, it's higher than it was before. I probably would have put the quarterback room at like a C, um, probably closer to a B minus now. Um, you know, and that there's room to grow. It's not like that's the ceiling on it. Yeah. Um, but I think that there is I think that puts a lot more fear into me, just knowing there's a more competent quarterback back there um who has experience. I think that, you know, trying to pro- prognosticate what's gonna happen eleven weeks from now is dangerous. But yeah. I do think that there is much more of a offensive element to this IU team than I anticipated. Yeah, say gotta, two weeks ago. Got to get a run game going to help him out. That would help him out tremendously. But for sure, um, you've seen me at multiple games. Mm-hmm. I, I legitimately have, man, I don't know, maybe since Sudfeld. I don't think I've felt like this calm wash over where it's just like whenever we had the ball, it was like, he'll be fine. Even if we have to punt, like we know, I, I I never felt like a turnover was coming. Like a bad decision. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He the one bad decision he, he made. He wasn't putting the ball in jeopardy very yeah. often. Yeah. He did make one bad decision. I think it was a third down or a second down and long where he got chased out of the pocket to the right. And instead of throwing the ball away, he took the sack or he ran out of bounds. Which I, I, the college that you see that so much. In oh, college. yeah. I just I don't understand yeah. that. You're out of the pocket. Yeah. Just get it past the line of scrimmage. Just throw the ball out of bounds. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That, so, I think I had a tweet about that one. That was, that was not very good. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I, I definitely, it gives you much more of a baseline of, you know, decision making yeah. and consistency at the helm. I was shocked um, to see 28 of 52. I thought that was, I thought he was way better than, I didn't think he uh, threw the ball 52 times either, but 
I thought he was better than 28 of 52. 330 didn't shock me. The rest of it, yeah. I And, and I do legitimately think Cam Camper is a, a legit Big Ten wide receiver. So um, we'll see moving forward. That's it. That's all I got. Just on the fly. What do you got? All right. Are you ready to admit that? Uh, no, I want you to sell me that Indiana as a state is better than uh, Illinois. Give mm. me your pro Indiana pitch right now. Man. Better professional basketball and football teams. Okay. Over the last what decade. 10 to 15 years. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. Um it's uh most of the major highways in the country run through the center of the state. Um it is an incredibly awesome downtown in Indianapolis. Um and uh uh the right. the weather is kind of cool, like the cost of living's a little cost better. Cost of living, I think we have lower taxes. Better, lower, way, like way lower taxes than Chicago. Um, we I don't like Chicago. I don't really right. like Chicago. Just to to drop that. Sorry, IU people that live there. Sorry, my my stepbrother that lives in Chicago. Sorry, um, I'm not a huge. I'd rather I'm cool with Indy, man. I'm cool with it. All right, uh, fantasy football name. Do you change it every year? based on who your players are or do you keep the same team name i used I, to i used to i i've seen yours we will not share it <laughs> we don't have to share it i'll just um, say it's play mine is exclusively three players names so i uh this may cost us some listeners but i am a massive dan levitard fan so a dan levitard show fan and uh part of that thing is one of the guys that they have on every once a week on Tuesday is a uh, beat writer for uh, the dolphins. And he's, he's an older dude and he's great. His son's part of the show. It's, it's fantastic. But his fantasy team is called Greg's Lobos for some reason. I'm not <laughs> sure why they, he has legitimately, he has a sponsored, uh, I'm trying to think who sponsors it. Uh, whatever the new like sell services, that's like $30 that like Verizon has, whatever that is, they, they sponsor it. They just found, I just found this out last week, but they sponsor Greg's Lobos updates where he just talks about his fantasy team for like five minutes. And so I changed my fantasy team to Bragley's Lobos. And I think I'm going to stick with it. The only other one I really like that I've done recently is Tico Tico's taco truck, which is what my kids call my dog now. Um, but Tico is my dog named after Tevin Coleman. Um, and so, yeah, I, we just imagine cause my one, my realtor and my buddy call him taco for on purpose. So I, uh, say it's Tico's taco truck. Those are my two fantasy football names. All right. And my last thing here, uh, looking at some former Hoosiers, uh, Irvin Poindexter, nine carries 42 yards and a touchdown for Western Kentucky at Hawaii. So he had a wonderful trip out there. Um, Kane Womack continuing to crush it at, uh, so what is it? USA beat Nichols 48 to seven. And, uh, what is it? Caleb DeBoer and mm-hmm. Penix, I mean, Penix looked very impressive game. Yeah. out at UW. 
Uh, I stayed up late to watch that. Um, I have no ties to the guy. I just like you root for the bounce back story. You know, everything I've heard about him seems like he's a great guy. Um, So I was quietly rooting for him and he uh, he delivered some. uh, I think he ended up losing me some money, but um, but he won the game. And that's the important thing that he cares about. So uh, very cool to see that. And uh, yeah, they beat the Kent State Golden Flashes 45 to 20. Yeah, I think that's a product of the of the opponent, but um, the oh, one. And, sorry, and go ahead. Kane, Wom- Kane Womack is going to get a bigger job next year or at the end of this year. He's he's going to go somewhere. You think another so? like okay. I like what I like him. So I just pulled up something that made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, and I was this was my next question to you, just to kind of preview where we were going to wrap up. Um. Our next opponent is Idaho. Idaho just played Washington State. So I did a little bit of research on there. Traditionally, Washington State has been kind of a trash team the last few years. Um, even really with Mike Leach, I'm not sure how Mike Leach got such an upgrade in overall team. But um, they are predicted by Vegas to have eight and a half wins. And I don't know if you caught the line or the game against idaho on saturday but they beat this is idaho. the one that this is the one i lost money on never mind yeah it was yeah. washington state that i they beat yeah. idaho 24 to 17 at home uh, yeah i took it at plus seven and a half it was a no-brainer right they told me it was a sure thing right i what i don't get is that they've statistically they dominated them yeah i mean they i mean the plays were even punts were even but they lost okay there it is they lost three fumbles and do you remember who their quarterback is i don't oh it's uh the cam, guy from right? incarnate word can't remember cam something cam ward cam ward that's right mm-hmm. um I don't think the fumbles were his, if I remember correctly. We'll save this. We'll save this. We're actually just going to record tomorrow um, (laughs) because we've taken so long to get you guys a post game. But, um, man, I am. uh, I think we'll be okay Saturday, but I'm going to be a little nervous tomorrow um, just based off of that. So but we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Um, Final statements real quick. I think it's a massive win. Huge win for the program. I know that it's just Illinois a lot of people nationally are, are probably foo-fooing the win but man it's I mean it's the first time since was it I don't even remember when the Western Kentucky game was it, either the first week of October or um it was what the third game of the season or fourth game fourth were, game of the season fourth game yeah because they went to two and two yeah so what so it would have been late September late September or early October of 2021 so not only was that a, a big victory, but it was also a big victory against a big team, um, a Big Ten team, conference win, um, a good way to start, a team that had already played. Um, so that was a, a big victory, I think. So glad everybody that could come out, came out. Thank you for stopping by. Um, got to meet our guy, our guy Darren, um, his son, a couple of his buddies. Um a couple other people. I'm sorry that if, if I, I can't, the, the names, I'm not sure I was going to stick those out anyway. So, um, you know, Darren, we had some shots. And so the, after that, it was pretty much over. So, um, 
but yeah, come on by. We'll be out again on Saturday. We'll talk about this a little bit more. Um, Seth will be there this time around. I'm not sure if Brandon's coming. I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Um, but we'll have some more buddies out there too. Yeah. And hold on. It's not just that you're one to know. That's great. And that's something to be, get excited about. But here's what it means. It's a diving board to three and oh. Oh, yeah. What you just play, what you just set in front of you was a primrose path to a three and oh start going into Cincinnati with I don't want to say all the confidence in the world. You don't know what's going to happen in those two games. But if you win two, you have to be feeling pretty good about yourself and seeing how Arkansas looked really impressive. Um, but Cincinnati isn't a fine-tuned machine. I believe in Luke Fickle. But, um, I mean, going into Cincinnati 3-0, and that puts that puts you you know that gives you a fighter's chance at the very least. So I think you know you you fast forward this two three weeks from now, this could be a springboard moment. Yeah, it's a big it's a big win. So um, either way, guys, let's let's wrap this up real quick. Um, be sure to follow us on uh, all the platforms, which is pretty much just Twitter. It's at podcast Leo. <laughs> That's where you get the live tweets. Seth is going to have to do it from the stands on Saturday. Um, or, or from a wedding rehearsal or from dinner. a wedding rehearsal dinner he he doesn't know um but yeah so we'll, we'll do that again that's always a fun time it's fun for me to read them um so it's got to be a good time for you guys to read them so uh stop by you know do all that stuff um let's see here make sure to follow rate review do all that good stuff until then we will preview idaho the vandals tomorrow and until we do that we uh, will talk to you. We love you. Elio. Band fall weddings. Elio. Did you say and fall weddings or band fall weddings? Ban fall oh. weddings. Oh, he said it. <laughs> he said it earlier. I don't know if you guys heard it, but band fall weddings. Hashtag band fall weddings. All right, bye. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day, Elio. Have a great day, Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome, Elio. Elio. Elio.